You're listening to The Other Texas Drought. In the last piece, I walked us through the brittle healthcare network of Crosby County. One community is fighting for its last lifeline, the EMS station, while their neighboring town has watched their hospital be stripped of most of its services. Now, we travel to East Texas, to an area that's already lost its one hospital, but is working to resuscitate it. Okay, I'm driving to uh, Van Zant County Hospital right now. On the other side of Texas, less than two hours from the Louisiana border, is the small town of Grand Saline, made famous for the Morton Salt Mine marked by a palace made completely of salt. It's nestled in Van Zandt County. Okay, right. Now, I don't know what town I'm actually... Oh, I'm in... I must be in Grand Saline. One of our reporters, Casey Ellingson, made the seven-hour drive from Lubbock to Grand Saline. Probably in the downtown area. It's pretty cute. With a lot of little mom-and-pop shops and, like, a Dollar General store. There is a water tower that says Grand Saline, so yes, that's where I am, Grand Saline. A few weeks prior, Casey stumbled upon a Facebook post advertising that the recently closed hospital of Van Zandt County was hiring. Van Zandt County Hospital closed in 2019, leaving about 60,000 residents in the surrounding areas without a nearby hospital. But now I'm like in the middle of a neighborhood. And I see the hospital sign. Oh, and there's this really nice, gigantic green sign for the Van Zant Regional Hospital. Main entrance, emergent, it's like the biggest sign in the world. It's like 20 feet. And I'm turning in right now. It's this cute little, it's a, it's a pretty small hospital. It's pretty cute though. And it, uh... Casey met up with Randy Lindauer outside the Van Zant Hospital. I met up with Lindauer back in February. He's the new CEO with decades of experience helping struggling rural hospitals become sustainable businesses, not just in Texas, but around the country. This is his latest focus. All right, this is cute. Well, it wasn't this way. <laughs> I, did. It, 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 I mean, it looked like something in the movies before I got here. <laughs> it really did, it was horrific. The outside of the hospital is well-groomed with neatly trimmed bushes and new signs, all of Lindauer's hard work. I think God chose me to start turning around hospitals, and that's what I started doing. And it's been a blessing, uh, and coming here has been a blessing. It's probably one of my most rewarding small rural hospitals that I've been associated with. It's hard enough to run a rural hospital, especially in a state that's seen the most rural hospital closures in the country. But it's even harder to reopen one. We wanted to see how a hospital could reopen its doors in a remote town. So Casey followed that journey. When I initially drove up to the Van Zandt Hospital, I thought it was just another small rural hospital. But it's actually much bigger than that. The hospital is surrounded by little buildings, and Lindauer has a vision for each. We're going to call this our medical plaza once we get done with all the buildings and clinics that we want on the site. Uh, that area down there we're getting ready to renovate it we renovated those uh that will be our on-call building for our physician and clinical staff like uh the physicians for the er but also for uh, radiology for ultrasound x-ray for lab and it almost uh, looks like a big uh, strip mall with connecting offices each one is a different clinic some are closed some are already open this is all part of a large medical plaza 
And Randy's focus is reopening the main hospital. I mean, we've got it inside already. We're either going to make it a laboratory or I'm thinking probably more of a physical therapy on the right side and then a uh, rehab area on the left for the, uh, you know, the mentally challenged people. So, uh, yeah, I think that we need that in the area for uh, rehabilitation uh, on different levels. Lindauer has big dreams for this place, and he's been working hard to get the hospital in decent shape. Not only is he handling the paperwork to get the proper licensing for the facility, but he's also helping with the renovations. The work is consuming. Even when he sleeps, he can't get away from it because right now, he lives here. Uh, Let's see, this is a newer, this is the original editions. So this one was built in 1944. Oh, okay. So it kept it... In great shape. Um, At the end of the hospital hallway, there's a row of patient rooms. Randy opens the first door. My sleeping room, because I'm here 24-7, because uh, you never know when a pipe's going to break, and when you put in 18 hours a day, you just need someplace to lay your head. Can I take a picture of that? Inside, it looks like a hospital room and a bedroom colliding. There's a large oak dresser with a reading lamp, and next to it, a hospital bed with white pillows and sheets pulled tight. This is where Lindauer has been sleeping every night for the past three months. A Bible and a screwdriver rest on the windowsill beside his bed. Two things Lindauer uses the most. It's, you know, it's, it's, when you're so tired, it don't matter where you lay your head down. I mean, we all work together as a team. I've got. A Lindauer's team. normally up at four in the morning, a habit he says he formed as a kid growing up in Indiana with a paper route. He left his wife and daughters back in Indiana to help with the hospital. He says he plans to stay in Grand Saline until the hospital is sustainable, which he estimates will take six to ten years. Everyone we've talked to throughout this project agrees that reopening a rural hospital is not an easy task. And this particular hospital has a history of repeatedly closing. The latest closure was in August of 2019. Come in. How are y'all? Hey, good. How are you? Hey. Good. How are you? Good. You? Doing good. Hi. Lindauer leads me to the office of their human resources director, Rhonda Moore. You saw my office. Isn't it cute? <laughs> I really like all the sunflowers. Moore had worked for the hospital for five years before it closed abruptly in 2019. She says the situation was heartbreaking. A little over a year later, when she was approached to come back and help reopen the hospital under a new owner, she says she was hesitant. But then she met Randy Lindauer. I never had faith in the other ones. And with Randy, and I, I was so impressed. I went home that day and I called my mom. I said, I like this guy. I trust this guy. She says she could tell immediately that Lindauer knew what needed to be done to manage the place from top to bottom. I trust him with everything he says. He's the most genuine, honest person and knows his stuff. He's been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. So I feel very confident this time that we are going to do well. Lindauer was brought on by the team at Innate Medical Solutions. They're the owners of the hospital. During her visit to Van Zandt, Casey got to visit with the head of the company. Gary Martin is the founder of Innate Medical Solutions. They offer an array of services, from primary care to pain management. Martin is also a pastor, a fact several people, including Lindauer, point to as a big reason he's uniquely qualified for the task of running a rural hospital. Rural healthcare isn't exactly in their wheelhouse yet, but Martin is passionate about bringing healthcare to rural areas like Van Zandt. These people are in need right now. 
Yeah. And you can tell I grew up in a town like this. Yeah, so and so did you. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're from these towns. I was born in a hospital like this in West Texas. So, mm-hmm. um, and then my mother worked in a hospital like this. My aunts worked in hospitals like this all their lives. And these are getting, these are becoming extinct. Well, Martin has so, personal experience with rural health care. Professionally, this is the first time he's actually tried to run a rural hospital. But Martin says it's more than a hospital they're working to open out here in Van Zandt County. We're, we're not just trying to run a practice. We're trying to, we're trying to create a vision here that's uh, uh, something different than just trying to come in, make some money, and, and, you know, something like that. We're actually trying to serve the community. I think that was probably... And I don't know, I think that was probably part of what was missing in the past. Since 2009, the hospital in Grand Saline has undergone four name changes, two closures, and at least four changes in management. I say at least because two owners backed out of the deal within months and never actually got the hospital up and running. So a lot of people go into these hospitals and use it like a, a way to make money real quick and then, and then close, you know, close it down and collect the whatever they could off the receivables, I think. That's unfortunate. Yeah. The first one got got fraud here. He was doing a lot of fraud. The first one he's referring to was Dr. Tariq Mahmood. He ran several rural hospitals, including the one in Grand Saline. He was caught lying on patient charts to get reimbursements from the government for services they never provided. He's now in prison, convicted of healthcare fraud. The hospital shuttered very suddenly after that in 2013 and remained closed for around two years. Then, another group reopened the hospital in 2015 as part of a network of rural hospitals. They had a big one in a big hospital in Grand Prairie, and then they bought some these surrounding ones mm-hmm. to kind of feed that main one, I think. And that, that didn't work. They were running it out, out of network and sending out a lot of bills to the patients. and Out-of-network means they didn't take private insurance, so patients were getting really high bills that they often couldn't afford. They eventually sold the hospital to the owner who closed the hospital in 2019. Now, it's under Gary Martin's control. Even with the hospital's troubled history, when it comes to the future, he feels... Cautiously optimistic. I think we're going to do fine. I think, you know, anything we've set our mind to will work. So I think we'll... we'll we're going to serve this community, and I think we're going to open up some more of these. So, I, I mean, I, we have the vision to do that. So, and we have the people that that can do it. So, I'm very, I'm very optimistic. At this point in the conversation, Lindauer has entered the room and joins the conversation. Randy, Randy's doing most of the work like that. We all do it as a team. Don't let him fool you. We <laughs> all do it as a team. It's a team effort because we would not be, you don't see a hospital reopening in almost three months. I mean, you just don't see it. I've, I've been through it five times and it just doesn't happen that quick. It's a big undertaking, but everyone agrees if anyone can pull it off, it's Lindauer. And where we put uh, the vinyl, it had some whiteboards there that were rotten and chipped and we ripped all the awnings off, so they're supposed to be here this week, all the new awnings and stuff. Okay. Back uh, outside the Van Zandt Regional Hospital, Randy Lindauer, the hospital's CEO, points out where he plans to put the new awning and illuminated emergency sign, all bought on discounts he sniffed out. With all this progress, the hospital's opening seems to draw closer and closer. A lot happening. I was telling Gary last night, I said it's going to be 
20-hour days for the next two weeks. You know what's going on and what's happening, so uh, just bear with us all. Lindauer tells me he'll reach out for the ribbon-cutting ceremony he's hoping to have in a few weeks. We stay in touch. He updates me on their progress, like getting the various licenses to open. But no ribbon-cutting. Eight months passed from my first visit. Now, I'm starting to wonder what's happening in Grand Saline. Okay, so I got a message on my Facebook, and I'm going to go ahead and pull that up. So I'm logging on to my Facebook right now. I'm going to pull this person's message up. Okay, kind of out of the blue, I got this message, and they wrote, Hi, Casey, just wanted to let you know that the hospital is not opening in Grand Saline. They are turning it into a rehabilitation hospital. The person asked to remain anonymous. They were worried about potential backlash for speaking out about the situation. They also tell me that three of the workers, including Lindauer, are no longer working there. I wanted to get some answers, so I called Lindauer. No one would respond to my messages. Over the course of this project, the reopening of Van Zandt's hospital became a significant area of focus for us. If everything went according to plan, it seemed like they had cracked the code for not only reopening, but running a sustainable rural hospital, something that had failed in places like Bowie and other areas we looked at. We needed to figure out what happened. The last update I had received from Lindauer came two weeks before the Facebook message. He told me that they'd definitely be opening the hospital in a few days. So what changed? I reached out to Gary Martin, the owner of the hospital, and we chatted over the phone. Yeah, and we we had a series of things that kind of hurt us, to tell you the truth. Like, uh, we had a few miscalculations, and it's not Randy's fault. Two big miscalculations, he says, were time and cost. A combination of high overhead costs that he says he took on too quickly, and the rigorous state health codes they had difficulty meeting became overwhelming. But one of the main culprits was the building itself. As Lindauer mentioned during the tour of the hospital, the building was old. Parts had been built in the 40s. I would say if we're going to blame it on something, that's what I would think not is is you got an air handler from 1942. Um, you know, you've got the wall units like you have in the Motel 6 from 1960s. Um, you know, these, they work, but they're, they're out of date. Out of date in a healthcare facility often means out of compliance. Martin says, looking back, he thinks it may have been cheaper to just tear the building down and start over again. The issue of an old building isn't unique to Van Zant. According to experts in the field, it's a common problem they've encountered with rural hospitals. I would say it's going to cost 10 times more, take you 10 times longer, uh, and it's going to be 10 times more difficult than you probably thought. That's, that, that was, I mean, that's all on me. I didn't, I didn't research it enough. But there's a silver lining to the Van Zandt story. Gary Martin and his team at Innate Medical Solutions are still moving forward with bringing healthcare back to Grand Saline. They're going to offer acute hospital beds. Only now, the facility will function more like an urgent care. Martin says they plan to eventually open a rehab wing for physical and occupational therapy. The main difference between this and their initial vision 
is that the hospital won't have a 24-hour emergency room. The closest emergency room is in Canton, a little less than 20 minutes away. I ask Martin once again how he feels about the future. Uh, exactly the same, cautiously optimistic. It won't, it's not going to make a bunch of money. It's not, you don't get into this thing for, to get rich with a rural hospital. You, 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 you're going to have to do it to serve. I mean, so, um, that's, I can, I can make that work. I can make that work if it even just breaks even. I'll be a happy man. <clears throat> Appropriates approximately $12.8 billion in federal coronavirus state fiscal recovery funds and $500.5 billion. In During the state's third special session earlier in October, the Texas legislature passed a bill that could serve as a lifeline to rural hospitals around the state, which awards about $16.3 billion worth of COVID-19 relief funds to various initiatives in Texas. Rural hospitals were given $75 million as part of the bill. Throughout our reporting, it's become clear that the main problem with all of these closures comes down to a lack of resources. It's an intricate balancing act to run a rural hospital, operating on a tight budget with high costs and low reimbursements, all with the mission to be a life-saving service to the community where they operate. What's even clearer is that rural hospitals in Texas need a lifeline of their own. The story is part of a collaboration with the PBS series Frontline through its local journalism initiative, which is funded by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Special thanks to Casey Ellingson, News Director for Texas Tech Public Media, and the Texas Newsroom, a collaboration of Texas public radio stations and NPR, for bringing us this project. Thanks also to American Public Media Research Lab for their reporting assistance. Our executive producer is Texas Newsroom Senior Editor Fernanda Camarena. Texas Public Radio's News Director is Dan Katz. Our sound engineer is Jacob Rosati. Thanks to special contributor Keren Kerion with KERA, Jonathan Seaborn, and former Texas Newsroom Managing Editor Mark Mehmet. I'm reporter and host Jamie Lozano. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>